0: Hi, and welcome back to Get Outside With Kids with Jen and Kate. As always, we're going to share some of our best tips and advice from getting outside and how to make the experience more enjoyable and easier, no matter what the ages of your kids are. Today, we have a special guest,
1: Sandy Schwartz, joining us. Sandy is the founder and director of the Eco Happiness Project and author of the parenting book, Finding Eco Happiness, Fun Nature Activities to Help Your Kids Feel Happier and Calmer. She's also a journalist specializing in parenting, environmental and wellness topics. Her mission is to inspire and educate families to build a nature habit to feel happier, and karma. Sandy splits her time between Florida and New Jersey with her husband and her
0: two school aged children. Sandy, thanks so much for joining us today. So great to be here. Yeah, we're excited to uh, have you on the show. And Kate, even as you were reading that, I was like, oh, I already feel more soothed just hearing about this mindfulness. Um, And so Sandy, kick us off with, tell us about how this whole Eco Happiness Project. How did it get kicked off?
2: Yes. So it was my worlds colliding, my interests colliding and really started, you know, Back in high school, with my interest and love for the environment, I cleaned up a dirty river. Um, being part of a, the nature defense club in high school it was, in, yeah, in tenth grade, and that really spurred my interest in um, environmental studies. And I thought I was going to be an environmental lawyer, and you know, life kind of takes its twists and turns, and I went more in the direction of environmental and science communications uh, in my career. And then I also. So kind of in a parallel life, you know, I was battling stress and anxiety, which kind of peaked after I had my first child. And I had also had infertility issues and all that good stuff. So after I had my, when I had this, this young boy, I had to kind of discover for myself, well, what can I do to feel better? And I just went, you know, into this kind of research journey, um, journey, because as, uh, you know, I, I was discovering that I love to write and research too, right? While this is all happening. So I started blogging and writing and researching, and I stumbled upon the whole area of positive psychology. And that is all about things like mindfulness and having awe for nature and volunteerism, you know, all these, you know, science-backed positive ways to feel better, right? So I just kind of started honing in on that piece of the intersection of nature and mental health. And so that's where the Eco Happiness Project was born. It, it was to help me personally. And then, um, you know, through my communication skills and writing, I'm, I'm just so passionate about sharing this with the world.
0: Amazing. I really love that story. I think, I mean, so many of us, Kate uh, and I have younger children still, and a lot of our kind of, you know, larger mom group really struggled after having kids. And I think that's so common. And it's it's really not talked about enough, this period of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and rediscovering yourself as you becoming a mom and also have to care for this tiny new human being, um, and certainly ways like getting outside more are one of the ways that can benefit with that.
2: Yeah, and it helps your kids too. I mean having you know taking the uh, the infant for a walk, getting outside, doing mommy and me classes. That connect to nature. It's all great for their development and for their their health and well being as well. So your kids are now nine and fourteen, is that right? Yeah, actually, my daughter is going to turn ten
1: soon, and then my son will be turning fourteen soon. How do you incorporate getting outside? Or when they were littler, you know, when you were had had a baby and a toddler, perhaps at those kind of ages, how did you incorporate getting outside into your kind of everyday with them? There were lots of
2: walks around the neighborhood and to the park we're fortunate enough to live in a community that has a gate that connects to a local park so you know i can remember you know many days as a kind of lonely mom right taking baby out for a walk. And I still do those walks today on my own. You know, if I don't really get outside and have a walk or maybe even um, a bike ride, or I have my stationary bike actually outside on on a balcony at our house. And, you know, without that, you know, I just kind of crave it. I need that. Um, I need that break. So what I did with with the babies, I, I continue to do even on my own while they're in school.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because before I had kids, I was not really a walker. I'd be like, what is the point of walking? I could run. I could go for a run or I could go for a hike, but I'm not going to go for a walk. Then you have kids and you have to walk everywhere. And I think that's really interesting to hear that that habit sort of continues because I can find myself now. I enjoy going for a walk. In your your book, Sandy, Finding Eco Happiness, you have a range of really practical ways for parents to get outside. Can you tell us about a couple of those activities from the book that are sort of your favorites? My favorites? Well,
2: probably one of the most meaningful for me personally is Combining art with nature, and that was kind of really the the real the fascinating part of putting this all together. All this research was that it's all science backed, first of all, right? And so you're getting the mental health piece of art in general, of mindfulness in general, of volunteerism in general, but then through a nature lens. You know, I kind of layer that on there. So I, I loved exploring all the ways we can be creative because that is so beneficial to us anyway. But then. Adding the nature component, and for me, watercolor painting has been one of those hobbies. And, and water painting, uh, watercolor painting, uh, nature. You know, I, I'll take pictures on my walks of uh, you know the landscape, the neighbors' flowers, the landscaping, the trees. When we go on trips, we lo- I love to go to botanical gardens and just to you know, you spot a beautiful tree, I, I snap a picture, and then I have this like you know stock of images, and then I will. When I have time, I have to admit, when you're working on the book, it kind of took (laughs) my creative energy, you know, but now that things are settling down, I want to get back into into the painting more. But for me, it helped ease the stress and anxiety because it allows you to be very much in the flow and focus. And also when you're taking the photos on your walk, you look for the shadows and the colors of these flowers and trees. And it's just so, um, it's just very calming. It's a great hobby.
0: Yeah. I really love that. Um, I love how you're incorporating that. Now, I wanted to touch on there because you did a lot of research for this book and just, you know, for all of your writing, tell us about some of the studies or the stats that kind of stood out to you where you were like, this is why it's so important. I mean, we know it quote unquote feels good to be outside in nature, but tell us about some of the stats or the studies that really prove that getting outside with on your own or with your kids is really beneficial.
2: There's now hundreds, if not thousands of studies that are out there and they just keep coming out. And that's what's been so amazing as well about this area of uh, you know specialization. So the big one that just I talk a lot about is that in 2019, there was a big study that found that 120 minutes per week is what we all really need to strive to 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 have those benefits of nature so 120 minutes a week of being outside and it they said it doesn't mean you have to be completely immersed in a forest you know it's really just connecting with being outdoors and so that's about 20 minutes a day, which really isn't that much when you think about it. I mean, it's sad when you think that, you know, kids aren't getting the re- the 20 minutes of recess anymore, all the, you know, as much or the outdoor um, phys ed time. But it's really possible to build that nature habit. And that's really what I'm trying to to you know educate people about. And it's really just maybe shifting some of your current activities to allow
1: this habit, you know, to form. That 120 minutes um, time frame has come up a lot. You know, we've heard here in Canada, and through through my my day job, um, work on at an organization where we're promoting the parks prescriptions program, where we talk about you know health healthcare providers can prescribe time in nature for a lot of these you know medical conditions that could really benefit from it. But I think the key to all of that is that everybody can benefit from more time outside. There's no downside to more time <laughs> outside. In terms of those kind of activities specifically for kids, you know, thinking about our kids, they're sort of age five. Would they be too young for this? What kind of activities in in your um, book do you think would be suitable for, for a couple of five-year-old kids, for example?
2: Yes. Well, first of all, the book is a parenting book, but it really is for kids of all ages. And from the newborn that you strap, you know, the baby wearing on you. I've written a whole article about the benefits of that of taking the baby on a walk, again, either in a stroller or while you're, you're wearing the child, is critical to, you know, not only their, let's say, their, their vision development, um, but you know, being out in nature is a multi-sensory experience. So it allows them to start to see their colors and experience smells and, and the cool air. So we start with that and you can work your way up to mommy and me's, you know, um, choosing activities where you're not, you know, only indoors that the kids are outside playing, right? Kids in elementary school, the options are endless. You know, it could be outdoor yoga. It could be, again, setting up an easel in your backyard and, and saying, okay, everybody paint the tree or what do you see? Having a family picnic or just a family meal outside, choosing birthday parties that are outdoors instead of indoors, sports, you know, it really encompasses so much. And I break it down by different areas like mindfulness, creative arts, food, you know, food's a big one, whether it's gardening or volunteering at a community garden or going to a pick farm, you know, there's really so much out
1: there. And it all starts with what you guys, you know, your family already love. That's so cool. They're so accessible, those kind of that kind of list, because I think, People sometimes think getting outside, you have to be a sort of outdoorsy type of person. You need to be a certain kind of person who has a certain kind of interest in like hiking or backcountry camping or kayaking. And it's so not that, you know, and we 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 like those adventures. We have we liked them pre-kids, we still like them now. But we're really talking about those really simple activities you can do in the park next to your home or, you know, in your own back garden or on a balcony or any of those kind of things. So, I, I love that they're really accessible, easy kind of things that you can kind of look through and be like, I can actually achieve this. This is not something I need to prepare for for days. I can do these activities today <laughs> without too much prep.
2: Yes. and And I agree, you know, I feel like I'm adding my voice in the mix of this, you know, environmental parenting world. And I am not that, you know, I call myself more the suburban environmentalist. I've just, that's the way I was raised in the suburbs. I continue to live in the suburbs. I just, you know, my parents never took me camping, you know, and, and, but I still am able to connect to nature. I love nature and, and I want to protect it, you know, that's part of my passion and purpose. And I just think, everybody has some way to connect. Again, it could be simply sports. If you are just obsessed with sports, that's what your family's into. So even to go watch the game outside, you know, I don't care if you take the iPad and you sit outside and then watch the game, at least you're getting fresh air. Just take a step to build that habit. And I just think it it will, the science proves it will make us feel better. So why not?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. Like really starting really easy with things. Um, And I'd love to hear more. So as Kate mentioned, our children are, you know, younger than yours. How have you kind of seen as you've been researching this or like obviously a number of years and working through this, how have you kind of seen your own parenting change and maybe your own kids change as they're getting more time outside and, and more working with that mindfulness? A
2: lot of times it comes on the family vacations. You know, when we choose a family vacation, we always do something that involves nature. You know, if we're visiting a city, we look for the botanical garden or a zoo you know, we try to get to the ocean a lot. Um, that's been very important, you know, in our lives. My son, you know, he kind of has that, he craves bit that outside t- time too, kind of like me, I guess, because there are times he comes home for a long day of school and he goes, I'm going to go play basketball. You know, that is his time alone to get outside. We have... um Uh, community court, you know, in our neighborhood. And, you know, both my kids just their eyes have been open to wanting to protect nature as well. We've, you know, we've volunteered at community gardens, we've done several beach cleanups, and they really value it. You know, I see it in their own you know, school essays that they choose to write, they both are involved in student government, you know, because they want to make change. and, And part of that is, is the, you know, the environment. And so, you know, I, I think it's by starting early and doing some of these activities that allows the kids to appreciate it. Because if that park is not there anymore, you know, if it turns into a shopping center or a parking lot, then what? You know that. So I think that that you know being involved and being outside together really um, helps build that.
1: So Sandy, one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times is volunteering outside, and I, I really like that idea. I've never really thought about that. Um, in the ways that you've mentioned, how has your family incorporated volunteering and getting outside together?
2: Volunteering is so beneficial to us in our mental health. We're able to give back to our community, it, it puts everything in perspective. And when you're, you know, stuck in an anxious thought, worrying about your own issues that may not even really be much compared to the rest of the world, going and volunteering and giving back and helping other people, it just, it just stops that worry, you know? And so that's been very helpful to me. So, yes, my kids and I, we've done beach cleanups. We've done the community garden. Um, there's, uh, there's called a gleaning, if you've ever heard of that. And it's basically you go and you pick the leftover crops that the farmer's no longer selling, and then it's being donated to a local food bank. So, we've done that through organizations as well. And then there's like, other simple things you could do if you have a pet, you could sign up to do pet therapy. There's there's programs that you can get involved with. That you do have to go through a training, but that's a way you know a way to get involved. You could take your pet on a walk to, to raise money for a particular cause, or to visit you know with with people who you know in, in your neighborhood or family or friends who are ill, uh, not doing well. You know the pet can cheer them up. And, you know, other ways that you can use crafts, art crafts to cheer people up with cards, you know, sending cards to soldiers or, you know, kids in the hospital, whatever it is. So I outline all of those ideas because I kind of was familiar with all of them in general, but I love layering on the nature aspect.
0: Yeah, I really, really love that. Um, We have done, Kate and I, some shoreline cleanups with our small children. Um, I think it was... Gosh, was that just, was it last year or two years ago now? I think it was just last year. And it was so wonderful to get kids involved from such a young age. I mean, one, it's outside, so it's a win. You're getting fresh air. And two, we're talking about the impacts of garbage and waste on our shorelines. And, and even at those young ages, the message is really just, you know, we don't litter. We make sure we clean up and sometimes litter happens. And so it's great to be involved as a community, even though we don't want it to happen. If everybody can pitch in and do one small cleanup, it has really big impacts. And, you know, our kids were so impressed at the end of our little hour. We were outside how much we had cleaned up from this very one small area of our shoreline. And I think when you said like you start really small and you can start quite young um, and then you build on that to these bigger activities as they get older as well.
2: So we spent our summers at the Jersey shore in New Jersey and and last summer my son i kind of hooked my son up with the local sustainability director in the community it's a small beach town and he they they had just planted new trees in a in a little area in a little park and they needed watering and so my son at you know 13 rode his bike. They had the buckets at the fire station that was near where the trees were. And he was filling, you know, watering these trees. And then he also, he and I both volunteered and helped out at what was an event called Beach Stock, where they had these like adorable little baby turtles and they were showing the kids and, and educating the kids all about them. And so, you know, these kinds of interactive activities like that actually reminds me when I was in high school, I was out um, in elementary schools, you know, explaining how to recycle to the young kids. So there's different levels and, and everything you do, you, you, you can you can give back and pay it forward for sure.
1: I think it's a great way of thinking about it because having done a shoreline cleanup last year with Jen, I also worked for seven years on the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup, which is a volunteering program. It's just in my head as an environmentalist, I think of that as an environmental action first. But that's just my mindset on it, right? And I think it's really important to remember that getting outside for everybody is different and will be motivated by different things. So for some people, that aspect of volunteering and giving back to the community is what drives you. For other people, it's getting outside in itself is what drives you. For some people, it might be that art and creativity. So it's always a reminder to myself that everybody's motivated by different things, even if they're doing the same action, even if everybody's going and doing the same beach cleanup, they might've been motivated by maybe, and this happened in, in the shoreline cleanup program that I used to work on, Some people thought, oh, well, it costs the city a lot of money to pick up all that garbage. So I want to go and volunteer my time because of the economic consequences of not doing it. And that actually motivated some people. So just remembering that you know, if we want everybody to be spending more time outside, if we want all kids to be spending more time outside, you've got to come at it from so many different ways and share so many different potential benefits, whether they're economic, whether they're mental health, whether they're social, environmental, because everybody sees it in a different way. That is brilliant. I love that perspective. And the other thing I want to point out is that, you know, eco-anxiety
2: is, is a real thing. And I could be focusing on that. And I actually chose to flip the story because if I focus too much on the negative and the worrying, you know, I, I end up doing that too. So I needed to, to, that's why positive psychology was so critical for me. But so people are, they're concerned about the, tra- the plastic in the ocean. They're concerned about climate change. And so, by volunteering, you know the big question is: Well, what do you what do you do if you're so concerned? And a lot of times, people feel helpless, but. Over and over again, the research shows if you go and volunteer and you try to, you know, you play a role in cleaning up or, you know, getting involved in the community, that can ease that anxiety. That can make you feel more empowered as well. So that's a
1: huge aspect to teach our kids, too. Can I ask a question, Sandy? Just a kind of logistical question here. How young can you teach little kids? like yoga, meditation, mindfulness kind of activities. Because in my mind, you know, I'm thinking of my two kids this morning and they were literally bouncing off the couch. Like earlier, um, a couple of days ago, I said to my kid, oh, it looks like everyone's climbing the walls. And she literally tried to climb the wall. That's the kind of, you know, the energy that they have. I'm just fascinated. How would you get little kids to sort of sit down or if they have to sit down, how do you teach little kids about mindfulness while they're outside?
2: So caveat, I am not an expert in that field. Um, Part of what what i've done through my research is pulling together the experts and interviewing them and right so i would point to kids yoga stories and giselle shardlow kids yoga stories she has put together a whole series of children's yoga books and a lot of them include animal poses animal yoga poses so and these and within stories that involve outdoors she has stories at the beach the forest and uh, you know in the winter time and so that's a very young age right you can you know a 1 year old a 2 year old can get engaged with that so i think it's maybe then that storytelling aspect and and playfulness and you can't necessarily expect that young child who's a little hyped up to then just sit there and meditate you know <laughs> like like but they can experience the the mindfulness in their own way through, through more playfulness.
1: Yeah. My sense of that as well is that mindfulness in a kid probably is just different. You know, for us, it's often sitting, you know, in a darkened room and you've got some essential oils going for a kid though, it's being completely immersed in something, you know, like when they've got their hands, like wrist deep in the dirt and they're digging for a worm, they're so focused on that, that kind of, maybe that is meditative for them.
2: Yes. And that's why I believe, you know, nature goes hand in hand with mindfulness and meditation, because it's again, that multi-sensory experience. So if you can tap into it, whether it's um, smells or sounds or the textures, that's going to distract them. And I will also say that a lot of you know, adults have trouble sitting and meditating. I know for me, yeah. me yeah, <laughs> it's <included>. very
0: uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work. For, I mean, for me, if I'm going to do it, first of all, I can't sit. I need to be laying down and I usually need to be listening to either nature sounds or you know a voice that's calming giving me a vision a visualization of something or i really find those walks are meditative you know especially if i'm doing it by the ocean you know the water really honing in on the trees and the smells the bird song that always gets me every time i love the bird song so you know walking meditation is is a huge way to you know to and try to get your kids to do that right you know, just oh what do you hear what do you see? And that focus will get them more engaged and, and more mindful.
0: No, I really love all of those tips, Sandy, um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, this book. You know, it's it's newly available in many places, and of course, it's full of so many great resources in here: awe uh, and gratitude, mindfulness, creative arts, outdoor play, and adventure. Um, and so, I think for a lot of parents, it's really coming back to that. Like I love what you said in the beginning about 120 minutes outside a week is enough to make a difference. Um, so if you take that, like, what can we do in 20 minutes a day and really break it down to those small tactical options, and then maybe you pair it with a wonderful new book um, to kind of inspire you to to look for some new ways to get outside if you're struggling to kind of motivate your kids to get out the door. So I love that it can be so small and so tangible. And I always love when you get a great guidebook just to give you some more inspiration, what you can do with your kids.
2: Yeah, And at the end of each chapter is also a, an activity checklist and also um, a list of additional resources, including. Children's books, so that can also get kids, you know, the conversation uh, started. Also, want to let people know that I also have a children's book called Sky's Search for Eco Happiness. Mm-hmm. So it's taking that concept from the parenting book and you know allowing the the child and the parent to be able to start this conversation of you know not feeling so great. I'm feeling a little sad. I'm a little stressed out. Going outside, engaging in nature activities that can help them feel happier and calmer. And so. Sky Search for Eco Happiness is like complementary to the parenting book as well.
1: Awesome. So Sandy, where can our listeners find more information about you and about your book? Yeah, please head over
2: to my website, ecohappinessproject.com. I also have a free eco happiness challenge calendar that will give you lots of ideas. You can um, check off every day of of the month. And if you really are lost of where to get started, I have a free nature habit quiz, and that'll give you um, an email with a list of catered ideas, depending on um, which bucket your kid falls into, like the creative one, the outdoor adventure one. And so that's really fun to take as well. So yeah, ecohappinessproject.com. And then I'm on social media at Get Eco Happiness.
1: Great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sandy. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us over on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. If you found this episode to be helpful, we'd love you to share it with your friends and ask them to subscribe as well.